Hey there, welcome to Shift for Wellness, the podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and trauma with courage and resilience. Today, I've invited integrative yoga health and habits coach, author, and yoga teacher, Yvette Desai, to talk with us about relaunching our life force. While battling health issues, Yvette realized that her food was her answer to wellness. Her personal journey inspired her to write a book and build a business. I am so inspired by Yvette's drive and intention to help her clients and workshop attendees to shift ever so slightly for massive results. I am so excited for you to meet her. Today, we're talking about lifestyle choices and seasonal cleansing. We reflect a lot on the connotations of cleansing and how powerful, healing, and life-changing they can be. Listen in. Yvette, I am so happy that you are here today. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. You know that last week's podcast was all about my spring cleanse experience with you and the anger all the feelings and everything that surrounded it, um, but also the emergence that came out of it. Do you remember when I called you and I said, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I was, you knew all about the anger beforehand, but when I was in the middle of it, I called you and said, you've got this all wrong. This can't be called a spring cleanse. It's too great to be called a cleanse. It needs to be called a spring awakening. And um, do you remember that? Oh, I, I do remember that very well. I just wanted so many people to have the same experience that I had and um, continue to have as I eat Ayurvedically and um, do some other little Ayurvedic practices. And so that's why you're here today, because you are just so special and you have so many great things to share. I want everybody to know about you and I want everybody to know about your message. And I was wondering if you could maybe kick off the conversation by explaining a little bit about the science of Ayurveda and the need for cleansing or the reasons behind cleansing. Of course. Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And um, also so grateful that although you had resistance around taking on this experience that you dove uh, headfirst into it, really. And I was so excited by your experience and your ability to be open um, to experimenting with your body and being open to that inner awareness um, and how it transformed how you really felt. So thank you for that. And I think that's that's part of Ayurveda is being open to self-study and to experimenting with yourself to see what works and what doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I guess that really leads us into what Ayurveda is about. And Ayurveda is really the study of our life, right? And um, Ayurveda really is an Eastern complementary modality, and it is the sister science to yoga. And what we learn with Ayurveda is that it's been around for about 5,000 years. So it's not a fad in any way whatsoever. Um, there, it's actually some of the building foundations for modern day Western medicine, in fact. And um, there's so many things that are coming to light in the scientific community today that were already founded in Ayurveda. Um, and so one of your questions is around why we detoxify. So 
Um, you know, there's three seasons in Ayurveda. We have the Vata, the Pita, and the Kapha seasons. And right now we're currently in the season of Pita. So there's the energy of transformation. And so during each of these seasons, um, we build up different types of toxins in our body, whether they be environmental, whether they be pesticides, whether they be um, food ingredients that are not really common to our body or that we want to bring into our body, um, things that we breathe in. Um, and then there's also emotional toxins that we have as well. So as we transition from one season to another, it's important for us to really understand how to rid ourselves of some of these toxins so that we can better purify our body so that we can be more in touch with how we're feeling. Uh, and so that our body is ultimately more healthy and that we can further support our Agni, which is our um, digestion um, in, which is one of the other basis of, of Ayurveda. Um, and so that we can be more pure in our mind and our body and soul so that we can really grow and build our Ojas, which is our immunity, um, the cohesion that, that builds us together. And so we can have better aging. I'll tell you, I, I love when you say Ayurveda is the study of our life because it's just so true. It's, it's such a simple statement, but it's so true. Here I was so angry around being challenged with eating a certain way. And the reason why we even did it was because of the self-study, right? For our course that um, we were taking with our yoga teacher training. And I could not believe the shifts that I was having. And I knew right off the bat that the anger alone that I was feeling was a lesson already. <laughs> Before it even started, I was already starting to learn lessons. But I learned that I love texture in my food. I learned that I was able to get rid of so many sweet things that I ate, which I thought I was, I was just telling myself this story that I have this sweet tooth when I realized, gee, I can substitute that cozy shack rice pudding for chia pudding. And okay. I could put anything in that chia pudding from pumpkin to coconut to blueberries. And it, far surpassed the flavor of that cozy shack could provide me, you know? And I thought, wow, I never thought that that could happen. And I ate, I ate when I wasn't hungry. I ate when I felt out of balance and it just taught me so much. And you say in your book, which I want to bring light to on page was in your foreword, you say, because uh, you had mentioned how Ayurveda is the foundation of some medical practices. You say that um, you discovered that some doctors, unfortunately, don't receive a lot of training in nutrition. This is, this is so true. You and I have both had our fair share of health issues. And I know that I've had to really educate some of the doctors on different nutrition and the, the health of eating and the science behind it. You intensified your research as a result of that. What was that like for your journey through your health and doctors and trying to find the answers to what was plaguing you and your system? 
Really? So I'll, I'll just start out a little bit about what my health issues were. So, you know, a lot of that, you know, I grew up with a lot of um, emotional eating issues. I had an eating disorder. I was bulimic, anorexic. Um, I suffered from a lot of body image issues. So that led to a lot of indulgence and a lot of restriction in my life. Um, and so as a result of that, um, I really wasn't aware of how my body was truly feeling, um, how I had hunger. Um, and really how to better nourish myself. I thought it was only through food um, that there were other ways to really nourish my body as well. Um, and also the power of really listening in and honoring our senses and what they're actually telling us. Um, and this is something that I just want to bring to light because um, it is one of the reasons for disease in Ayurveda. And so rather than honoring my body, which was telling me that I was probably tired um, and that I should have rested, I was using substances like caffeine and sugar to push through. And so what this eventually led to um, was a state of where I was in extreme fatigue. I developed adrenal fatigue, osteoarthritis, because I wasn't getting the right nutrients into my body, wasn't moving my body in the right way. Um, and so when I was diagnosed with this, along with a thyroid issue, um, I was told that I'd have to go on medication and or have surgery. Um, and so this was in my mid 40s, early to mid 40s. And so now I'm approaching my mid fifties and um, I decided at that point back then that I didn't want to um, approach my healing with medication, having, you know, with the potential of having to be on it for the rest of my life. Um, and that I was very grateful to have some people around me that were familiar with more complementary modalities. And so I went in that direction, although my father is a doctor and has always encouraged me when you're sick, you're going to take an antibiotic, take the antibiotic. And so um, but although he was very healthy, you know, not necessarily a doctor that would promote eating certain things, he was healthy in his own way. Um, and so, you know, working with doctors, you know, I initially saw more mainstream doctors because that's what I was used to. But as I began to approach this, I realized that it wasn't just about doctors or medical, Western medical doctors, that there's other practitioners that are able to give very sound advice that can help us to heal. Uh, and so I surrounded myself with, with numerous people, functional nutritionists, um, physical therapists, chiropractors, acupuncturists, different people that could help my, my body heal because it wasn't just about food. Mm -hmm. um, food was part of that process. It was also about lifestyle changes that we needed, that I needed to make. Um, and those lifestyle changes are ways that we can also nourish our body. Um, and so that's part of understanding how we can heal is that it's, it's a holistic um, process. It's not just about food. Yeah. Your book, is Relaunch Your Life Force, and I love the subtitle, Discover How to Create a Holistic Health Approach Using Whole Foods for Weight Loss and Natural Remedies for Stress Management. And you say in your book that you give tools that will facilitate your ability to recharge your life force and foster true energy and vitality so that you can thrive, not just survive. And you really have a very strong message that you share throughout this book. And I can't thank you enough. You have 12 chapters in this book. And I actually, in one night, got all the way to chap through chapter 10. And I wanted so much to be able to get those last two chapters in. And 
my body, like you were saying, you know, I had to listen to it. And I said, you're not going to even remember what these last two chapters have to say if you try to push through it. So put it down, you can finish it in the morning. But it was really a page turner because I just found so much of myself and my own journey throughout these pages. And I love how you say in chapter 10, how um, self-indulgence is more about avoiding the effort of self-care and using quick fixes. Because you talk about the difference between self-care is not the same as self-indulgence. And that's huge because I, as you know, wellness is a practice, right? And it is a practice and it's intentional and it's purposeful. But when I read those words, I said, Jen, that's your ice cream. <laughs> that's your, yeah. th- those are your, those are your hot fudge sundays that you reward yourself with when you're done teaching a graduate class, right? Now, there's, no, there's nothing wrong about, there's nothing bad about that. Those are fun little celebrations. However, if you continue to do it, right, if you keep popping like chocolate in your mouth or saying, I'm too tired, I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to sit and put my feet up and binge watch for a little bit because that's going to be my quote unquote yoga for the day. It's not okay because it does become a habit very quickly if you don't really stay on top of it. You're really, you can really misjudge self-indulgence for self-care and those quick fixes if not caught, right, can become bad habits pretty quickly, I have found personally. I would agree with you. And I would say that, um, you know, that is a big part of Ayurveda is the self-care. And so when I wrote that book, that was years ago. um, And I wasn't so involved with Ayurveda at that time, which is, um, you know, I, you know, it's in the past three, four years that I've really dove into Ayurveda much more heavily. And, you know, I think that a lot of us, especially in the Western world, um, are taught growing up that, you know, when we have something to celebrate or we're feeling down, um, you know, you know, our mom would give us cookies or ice cream or chocolates to reward us with something or make us feel better because of a certain situation. And so some of these are learned patterns, learned behaviors, right? Um, But, you know, we're not really taught as we grow up to say, oh, let's take a pause and sit down and just process this and see what's going on. And rather than feeling into the emotion or into the experience, we decide to, you know, take care of maybe feeling bored, um, you know, rather than just being in that moment by, you know, tapping into social media, for example. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's other ways that we could do. We could take a moment and just feel into our body and see how we're feeling and then listen and maybe think about, well, what do we need in that moment, mm-hmm. right? walk, you know, that would be a better choice. Or maybe we just need to get a hug from someone close to us because we're feeling down and that would be better. And we'd have more connection with the people around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you talked about hugging. So many of the realizations you had in this book, I've had my own realizations as well. You talk about how much you enjoy touch and, um, and you give so many suggestions as ways that you can touch um, through whether you're doing Reiki on yourself or whether you're getting a massage or something like that. These are all really great tips that you give the reader all along their journey if they're trying to figure out how they can certainly relaunch their life force. Um, but the one thing that um, you, you're saying to us today 
and also throughout your book is about how intentional it is and how purposeful it is. And you share that when we're talking about wellness and health, it's taking control and responsibility for ourself and our health. And, you know, I love Western doctors. I would not be here sitting in front of you if it wasn't for the intelligence of the Western doctors because they've, they've saved my life. But I've also had instances where I would have to explain what an abdominal migraine is because some have just simply not even heard of it, right? So this is a part of taking control where I think there's, there was an old Jennifer that would not have had the courage to tell a doctor about an abdominal migraine when they said they didn't know about it, I would say, oh, okay. And I would just kind of cower and, and say, I must be, you know, it must be me. I must be wrong. If they don't know about it, what could I know about it? But it really is about taking responsibility and educating ourselves so that we can share that knowledge. You say in your book that we can't keep saying that it's our parents, our doctors, our schools, or our grocery store's fault, right? That um, part of the process is learning how to show up and step up and change what our plate looks like so that our flowers can continue to bloom. Being healthy is not just about exercise and the food we eat, though it is a part of it. We must learn what nourishes our body is self-actualization and learning and self-esteem, love, safety, relationships. It's just so beautiful. You know, being wellness is a choice. It's intentional. It's purposeful. And um, I just love throughout your book how you have so many metaphors to the flower and the blooming of the flower and planting and growing and grounding. I can't recommend the book enough. And I think, you know, there's a connection too when, you know, we're talking about Ayurveda, there's that connection to nature, right? Ayurveda teaches us to live in the rhythm of cycles, um, of the seasons, of the day, of the time of life, um, and honor day and night and the moon cycles and the sun. And so, you know, when I wrote that book, I wasn't really aware of that. Now through this evolution, and this is what I love about Ayurveda is that each time you delve in, you go deeper, right? There's always something more to explore. Um, and when we're living in rhythm with, with nature, then we're in balance, right? And so as a Western society, you know, if we're not living in balance and we're feeling stressed, then we're not living in rhythm with the nature of the cycles. Yvette, do you see another book in your future? It's funny that you, you mentioned that. Yes, I do, in fact. But I'm waiting for my youngest to graduate from high school, just giving me a little bit of time and to digest this a little bit more. And, um, you know, the next version of my book will be more one that is more intrinsic and delving into Ayurvedic practices. Although I focus on these habits and some of these habits in, in the book, in my program, 10 Habits to Thrive, um, when I developed this book, I wasn't really focused on the rhythm, right? And so from a Western perspective, so often when we heal, and also when we hear from doctors, we hear, okay, you've got to change what you're eating and you have to exercise more, right? And that's part of the picture. Yes, it is. But it's also, you know, the food that we eat are, is part of the solution, but it's also the times of day that we eat. It's the types of food that we put on our plate. Um, and it's also the types of exercise because depending upon the time of life that we're in, that will also have to determine what 
type of exercise we can do, right? So when we're younger, you know, we might be, you know, able to run marathons, not saying that we can't do it in our, you know, 60s or 70s, there's many people that can do it, but we need to have balance amongst that. So often the focus is burning calories and then just, you know, restricting calories, but we don't necessarily have to do that. One of the things I've really learned, especially when it comes to weight loss for some people and have stubborn weight loss is that, a simple exercise of doing self-massage every day that really comes, you know, touches in with the subtle energy system and, and brings us into that parasympathetic mode, that rest and relax mode can really help our body to reduce that cortisol and hence, you know, release the weight when we have that stubborn weight loss that some of us struggle with as we, we ate. It's interesting. How about your own obstacles when you first found Ayurveda? Were there any obstacles that you had to overcome in order to fully open up to this lifestyle? Oh, yeah. Ayurveda is, it's so complex, but so simple. Ayurveda teaches us that there's, there's three reasons for disease. They teach us that it's disrespect for the senses. So being able to give time to the senses and really honor that. It took time, right? Because it takes a little bit of time out of your day, right? It also teaches us to honor the uh, our bodily functions. And so often, you know, we put off going to the bathroom or you wanted to push through your book, you know, just, you know, those little examples. If we're constantly suppressing that, then we're denying our own needs. Um, and then also honoring the seasonal changes. So there's a lot to think about. Um, and then we have these habits of the yogis, Right. And so most of them I had had in my repertoire, my, my daily rituals, but I wasn't necessarily doing them in sync with how Ayurveda recommends or gives us those guidelines to do it. Um, and so one of the recommendations is an early light dinner. And so when I really began to dive into this, my girls were in high school. So, you know, our traditional meal and final meal of the day is at the end of the day, right, where we congregate and sit with our family and that's our big meal. The yogis really believe that we should have an early light dinner. So something between, you know, the, the time of say five and seven. And most of us, because of work or if we have children that play sports or have extracurricular activities, don't get to sit together until the end of the day, sometimes not until eight o'clock. And so that was hard for me for years and years of our life, having this pattern of this is our big meal. This is when we sit together. And so that took some time for me to become accustomed to my family to become accustomed to, and they still like to have their later meal. But I know for me, once I began to implement, you know, more salads or lighter soups towards the end of the day, and maybe eat a little bit earlier than they did, and then just sit with them towards the end of the day, they didn't really mind that I wasn't eating with them. They just wanted me to sit with them. And so once I realized that, and how having this early light dinner made me feel in my body lighter, more energetic, and I was able to sleep better. I was able to bring that on board much more easily. So it's really just all about listening and paying attention, right? If it feels good, then it's good. Yeah. You've turned this passion into a career. Can you tell us about your work as a total health coach and what you can offer your clients? I'm sure there's lots of people listening that would just love to know more about you and even possibly work with you. My website, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about some of my offerings is uh, www.evetdesai.com. And I have an annual program that I offer and I enroll in three times a year, that being September, January, and April. And this is where 
individuals have an opportunity to delve into these habits, bring these practices on board. So I work with women really who are very overwhelmed, stressed out, have a lot on their plate, women who do too much, and really women who want to find more balance in their life, more ease. And so these habits help them find the practices, the rituals, the self-care to bring them back into balance and ease so that they can transform in the way that they want to have the body that they want to feel better as they age, overcome autoimmune issues, um, hormonal imbalances, um, and a lot of, of adrenal fatigue that a lot of us push ourselves towards. And so we spend the first session learning about the habits, the second session, really adopting these habits, integrating these habits, um, and then we live that habits. And so we use a lot of behavioral science behind that as well. So habit changing science. So recognizing what these patterns are and how to really bring them into real life, because we can say we can have these habits, but whether or not we can integrate them is, is another thing. I'm also a yoga instructor. Um, and so I have a fall workshop that's coming up, which is focused on yoga and Ayurveda and focusing on fall intentions and how to understand what some of our limiting beliefs might be. Um, and to help overcome them. So integrating a little bit of gentle yoga there and some crystal sound, crystal bowl sound meditation as well. Um, and then I do two cleanses a year, uh, one in the fall, which is much shorter than the spring one. The fall one is 10 days. I know the fall can be a very, it's our, it's our Vata season. So our energy is scattered in, in many directions. So we want to kind of ground that in. And so we have a 10 day cleanse that'll start in October. Um, and then I'll do one again in the spring. I'll definitely be joining you for that fall awakening. I'm not calling it a cleanse because yeah, that's what scared me away the first time. There is nothing about the word cleanse that is inviting. I'm sure I could not be alone in that. I've, there's just it's so many triggers <laughs> when I hear that word. I think you're right. But I, I know that, I mean, once people experience it, that's, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I like to leave it. I'm, I'm very for, for, forthright in the way that I speak and that it, it is what it is. So I'm know. excited. I know. I'm going to be joining you no matter what you call it. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just, I can't wait for that. It's going to be wonderful. I know it's going to be wonderful. If, if it was anywhere close to what the spring cleanse was like. I, I told you when I finished the spring cleanse that I couldn't wait for the fall. So I am excited to join you with that. Uh, that we share similar goals in our work in the health and wellness world. And some of the pillars of SHIFT for Wellness, um, you know, SHIFT is an acronym for SMILE, getting honest and staying connected to your sense of humor having intention and finding your faith and being thankful. And I'd love to know how all of that rolls throughout the work that you do. What about this work makes you smile? I think that you would agree with me that when you feel that you have made an impact on someone's life and you see the transformation that they go through, uh, that brings them everything that you are talking about, a smile on their face, uh, more intention and consciousness in their life, and the ability to feel well, and then having that sense of gratitude in your life for what you have been able to offer and then see that transformation and then have them feel that same way is very powerful. Yeah. And just having that ripple effect, right? Because, you know, we know that, you know, the impact that we have on people, they have the same impact on the people around them. Is there anything about your work that challenges or has challenged your honesty? Whether it's um, 
just your continued, you know, as far as being in the realm of your continued practice with Ayurveda? Well, you know, none of us are perfect. We're always a work in process. And we can try and live in integrity as much as possible. Um, but there's always things that come along um, in our life that will challenge us, right? And so, you know, when we're challenged or we're feeling off or we're struggling sometimes, our instinct is to go back to our old ways of being. And so, yeah, there's, you know, when I, I deal with struggles, you know, every day, sometimes, you know, whether I, you know, I'm feeling anxious at times or overwhelmed, the instinct initially sometimes is just to go back to those old ways. Um, but I think living with intention and, and waking up in the morning and having a gratitude practice um, and being conscious of how I want my day to unfold and just having that behind me is, is really important, helping me move forward. And likewise, having a group of people around me who are like-minded helps me stay in integrity. Um, so although I might have some of those challenges, I have people that I can reach out to and say, listen, I'm having a shitty day. Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. That, um, you know, just, I need to pick me up. Where can I go? What do I need? Where can you point me where I need to go right now? Yeah, I just think it's so important to say those things out loud because so often we look at others from a distance and we just think the grass is always greener and they, it must be so easy for them and their life is and they fill in the blank and then this, you know, this fantasy world is created and it's not true. It's not true. We, we're all human and we all suffer from different things and, and you know, like you said, Ayurveda is the study of life. We're constantly studying what is what works best for us and how to stay in balance, right? Just putting one foot in front of the other each day in the best possible way that we can. And that's a good point right there. It is just about putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, one of the concepts that I really work with is this concept of Kaizen, which is a Japanese manufacturing philosophy, where you're just taking small little steps each day. Right. So we talk about, you know, how we go about implementing this practice or these practices in our life. We have to realize a lot of times when we take on a program or a new project or something that we want to do, it can feel very overwhelming. Right. In the beginning. And, you know, most of us want to go for that A plus. Right. And move, you know, straight ahead. And we have to be realistic about we have a life in front of us. We have maybe families or partners or work or, or you know, elderly parents that we might be caring for. There's a lot of things that are going on in many of our lives. And we have to just realize that we don't have to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. And, so, you know, for example, just taking on a meditation practice or a stillness practice. You know, that might just be maybe you're just the first day you're setting up your environment where you even want to do that, right? Just putting the pillow there or lighting the candle. Uh, and maybe, you know, a week later, you go and actually sit there. And then maybe the next week you sit for a minute or two. And then, you know, slowly you begin to have this small little shift in how you're feeling and you have this intention behind it and it begins to slowly fall into place. Yeah. So beautiful, so beautifully said, because unfortunately, we live in a culture where the idea is if you're not going to do it the right way the first time, then don't even, don't even bother doing it. I can't tell you how many times people have said, I can't sit for 13 or 15 minutes and keep my mind clear. I, I, there's no way that I can meditate. And you know, my first thing is, well, that's not how you meditate anyway. <laughs> so let's just take it from the beginning. And you've just set up such beautiful, 
simple steps to that process. Little, little, little baby steps. How do you stay connected to your sense of humor, Yvette? We can't laugh at ourselves. We can't move forward, right? <laughs> so true. So true. So true. Um, I always laugh at myself. If I don't laugh at myself, then, you know, I'm just going to end up crying. So I try and find the humor and the lightness in things. And my kids think I'm goofy too much often. And, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. If I can bring a little chuckle to their life, then it's a way we be happy and move forward. Agreed. Agreed. And how do you go about your practice intentionally? Well, I think as I alluded to um, earlier is, you know, I think part of that is waking up with a grateful, a a practice of gratefulness. So before I get out of bed, you know, I, you know, say to myself the things that I'm grateful for. And then I do have this time in the morning where I kind of project what I want for the day and how I want to feel. Um, And, you know, a lot of that is tapping into that feeling of how I want to feel in my body. And then understanding, you know, what do I need to do? So these are the habits to get me to feel that way, right? So, you know, waking up and having my warm water and really, you know, loosening the waste from the day before and and doing my poop, right? Getting rid of it so that I can bring in new prana for the day, right? So building on that body breath practice and then sitting in silence um, and moving forward and being conscious of how I want to nourish my body throughout the day. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that warm water to get it all started in the morning, right? (laughs) In your book, you had mentioned your practice of self, giving yourself Reiki. Can you speak to that? Because I found that very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, you know, we are all our own best healers, whether, you know, and it goes to the practice of Reiki, it goes to the practice of self-massage, both of these practices. So, you know, we can, with intention, bring this energy of healing to our body, right? So when we're feeling stuck in our body, we bring light and consciousness to those areas. It begins to move that energy in our body, loosening that energy, opening up that energy so that we can feel into what we're feeling. And it really comes back to that whole consciousness of just being aware of how we're feeling, maybe where we have an ache or maybe we have a pain or where we're feeling stuck in our body. And first of all, just bringing awareness to that, right? And then drawing you know, our attention to the universe or a higher power of wherever you believe in and asking for that light and asking for that healing to come down and, and, and be part of us so that we can begin that transformation is really where it begins. Thank you for that. Yvette, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. So Yvette, I'm going to post your information, your contact information on the Shift for Wellness website and on the social media platforms. Did you want to share any here for the listeners? Sure. I mean, if anyone is interested, I'd like to also offer um, a complimentary uh, consultation, a discovery call. There's no obligation. It's simply an opportunity for someone to get in touch with what is their potential for their transformation. Um, and just giving you some hints and tips about what are some baby steps that you can take you know, forward uh, and you know, possibly even seeing what a transformation in this call could be for you. So understanding what are your some of your patterns, some of the issues that you might be dealing with, and then how um, giving you ways and troubleshooting ways to move forward. That's very generous of you. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right, Yvette, thank you so much. I look forward to that second book. 
I don't know how much longer your daughter has in college, but I, did you did you mention how much longer she has? She's actually my high schooler. She's my youngest one. So she's got three years in, in high school. I see. So you're waiting for her. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. You're waiting for her. I am actually, I have been writing bits and pieces, but okay. um, there's just a, a lot of things that I want to do with people first um, and then bringing some of that into my book. So I'm still experimenting for lack of a better word here. I love it. Being very intentional with it. I love it. Thanks again, Yvette. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Okay. Take care. So what's your takeaway from today's conversation? Make that takeaway this week's shift work. Do you need to pay attention more to how you feel after you eat? Are you ready to eliminate that one thing from your diet? How about scheduling that free call with a vet? I'd start with that one, but you can't go wrong with either one that you choose. Join me next time for my conversation with best-selling author and thought leader, Mike Kazala. We'll be talking about morning routines and how they affect our daily performance. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. I would love it if you would rate and review the show while you're there. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy and intentional with the practice.